Welcome to the Foresight Church Podcast. Enjoy this week's sermon. For more information about us, go to foresightchurch.co.za. Good morning, Foresight Church Online. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. My name is Dave, and it's my honor and privilege to lead you in the service this morning. Come, let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, we glorify your name. You are sovereign, Lord. We declare your supremacy over us. Father, open our hearts to hear what you have to tell us this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, so there were these two guys, and they were discussing biblical things. One's trying to outdo the other. When the one guy looks at his friend and says, Bro, I bet you you cannot recite the Lord's Prayer. In fact, I'll give you this 100 rand note if you can do that. His friend looks at, it, at him confidently and says, well, yeah, I'll just earn some cash. He says this, I know it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. His friend looks at him and he looks at his hundred and notes and he gives it over and he says, wow, I'm impressed. I didn't think that you knew it. <laughs> anyway, friends, a few weeks back, a few weeks back, uh, Chris brought a message about trusting in God in 2021, and he spoke about three key elements found in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, that Jesus spoke about in fine detail. He spoke about giving, fasting, and prayer. Three kinds of values that us as believers should make a lifestyle out of, values should, that should bring about increase and enlargement. Principles, in fact, that make us more mature in our walk with Christ. And boy, do we need them in times like these. And the truth is this, that God wants to increase and enlarge every one of us as we step further into this year. Yes, this world is in turmoil. There is uncertainty. But we can take joy and courage in Scripture that our God, our Redeemer, our Savior, Jesus who has all authority, has us in the palm of his hand, of his hands. And whatever season that we are in, we can take joy in this. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works to, for the good of those who love and trust in him and are called according to his purpose. So a couple of years, if you'll recall, we spoke about three different postures that could bring about increase in your life and also increase in advancing his kingdom. All three postures uh, were taken out of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 3, which says, You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. And so we focused on three things, three different postures that could bring about this kind of increase. The first one was a posture of worship. Remember that? It was received by grace. Worship is a posture of surrender. Worship and surrender set us free from the shackles that the enemy has put upon us. The second one we looked at was the posture of a farmer, which was received by labor. In other words, we need to work on it. It was cultivation. Remember that cultivation is an act of caring for, well, I think Chris used the example of raising plants. It's been intentional about bringing growth. You're either cultivated in things of God or you are cultivated in the things of the devil. And so we need to work. We need to cultivate for the harvest in our life and in our lives around us. 
The third one we looked at was a posture of a warrior, which is received through training. We must remember this, that we are in a war. We need to train for war and we need to always be prepared. There's a difference at being uh, acceptable and exceptional. Those were the three things that, uh, that we remember, the three postures that we cannot do without. Most people just exist and they don't rule. And we know that we need to rule as kings in his kingdom. How do we do that? Ephesians chapter 6, we need to put on the armor of God. That's our strength and that's our, our way forward. 1 Peter verses 5, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 says, We be, need to be alert and be of sober mind because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, Resist him, stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing exactly the same kind of suffering. Friends, hear this today is that we are in an exceptional season of equipping. The messages that we have brought you this year have been about equipping, have been about kingdom growth, and that's where we want to lead from. Our hearts as leaders is to see you, our friends, and our family growing and becoming more mature in your relationship with Christ. And so this morning, I want to focus. Remember last week Chris spoke about focus? I want to focus on that portion of scripture that was brought to us a few weeks ago, the, the, the portion of scripture found in Matthew chapter 6. And now as someone who is confident in his gifting as an evangelist, I don't like these devices. We all know that and not many people do. And so I just want to be out there in front of people and, uh, and not in front of this device. But well, it is what it is and I do what I do. But when I am in front of this, when I am looking at scripture, I take scripture and I take instru- instructions in that scripture very, very seriously. Now, as an evangelist, it's like the Great Commission. When Jesus said, go, listen to this, it was not a suggestion. It was an instruction. It was a command. So don't sit on your touche right, on your backside, get active, do it. And it's exactly the same as the portion of scripture that was read to us a few weeks ago found in Matthew chapter 6. I couldn't help but notice the instruction part of that um, of that scripture over the suggestion, what Matthew wrote about in, uh, in this gospel, in this gospel. It was a first account. Matthew wrote this. He was frontline in Jesus' teachings and in his actions. And in my mind, it's kind of like what Matthew's saying is like, I've witnessed this. I've done this. Now you do it. And so that's, that's an instruction. It's not a suggestion at all. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus spoke about the three values or principles, well, giving, fasting, and praying. And it's interesting to read the words that, uh, that, that, that he wrote down. And in every translation that I actually had a look at when I went and studied on this, the, the King James, the NRV, the CSB, the Amplified, the Message, the ESV, the New King James, the Passion, all those versions, they said exactly the same thing when speaking about these three values. They spoke about when or whenever. So it was when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Now notice this. It didn't say this. It didn't say if you give, if you pray, and if you fast. The instruction was very clear. It was all about when. Very, very clear that these areas, in these areas of trusting God, 
into this year and what this year looks like for us, these are three areas in which we cannot do without. Friends, this morning, I want to encourage us to start changing our ifs. I want to start cha- encourage us to start changing our ifs to whens. If we are going to see kingdom growth in our own maturity and in kingdom advancement in um, in our idea of seeing, well, a New Testament expression of church planted uh, within walking distance of every person in our community and in, uh, in and around South Africa. Well, these are instructions that we need to start taking very, very seriously. Here's the good news. We can. We can. Why? Because we have started already. As a church, we give. We, we have given. We've been witness to this throughout the whole of last year, throughout lockdown and all that. We have given enough that we have been able to sow into our community around us. Um, and through your given, we've been, uh, through your giving, we've been able to give food and nourishment and encouragement to those around us. And let's not stop in our giving. That's a, that's a kingdom value that we cannot not do. As a church, well, we've just completed a time of, of fasting and, and boy, we cannot wait to hear about the seeds that Father has sown, um, and planted and established in your lives over this, this period of time. So bring them. We want to hear them. That, that'll be, that'll be fantastic. So to everybody, excuse me. So to everybody watching online this morning, I'd like to encourage us with this is prayer. Prayer is the cog that keeps this machine moving. We cannot give or fast without being intentional about our prayer life. Not boasting about it as recorded in, 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 the, in the book of Matthew, but knowing that our reward comes by speaking to the Father about it, about laying it down at His feet. Prayer, friends, is, is not an if. If we continue with this year, it's a when. It's when we pray and when we seek. Let's read that portion of scripture about prayer in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a position that we as believers, friends, need to be equipped with in order to seek out God's good and perfect will for our lives. C.S. Lewis, um, he, he had this to say. He said, I pray because I cannot help myself. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. Waking 
and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. Too many prayers in today's society start like this. Well, thank you, Jesus, for today. Followed by Jesus give, Jesus give, Jesus give, Jesus give. And sadly, that's the prayer on many Christians' lips. Uh, But in order for us to mature and achieve what we set out to do as believers, we are going to need to be in a position that will usher in a sensitivity to what the will of God is for our lives and what needs to be done. But there is a problem, and it's not just unique to our church, but many believers around the world. Some of us, maybe some of us watching online this morning, think that we don't need to pray. Why? Because, well, God knows it all. And so why do I have to speak to him daily if he knows what I'm going to pray about anyway? Some might think that, well, it's, uh, it's actually it's the elder's responsibility or the deacon's responsibility or those in leader type positions in the church to cover the things what I need or to see what the future holds for the church and for me. But friends, I think it boils down to this. It's not that we don't know how to pray. I think we just don't know what to pray. Um, take the Lord's Prayer, for example. A lot of people think that they know the Lord's Prayer, man. I remember reciting the Lord's Prayer both in primary and in high school almost every single morning. Um, it's, it's even recited in prayer, in church services around the world, sometimes even weekly, maybe even daily because it's all online now. But how many of you will agree with me this morning that the majority of people who pray or recite this prayer actually don't even know what they're praying? Um, it's just, it's just empty words, um, words that carry no meaning. It's almost like, uh, I might just step on a few toes now, but it's almost like the, the, the songs of worship that we sing before the preach every single Sunday. Do we know what we're singing? Do we know what the songs are actually about? Do we actually understand them, why they were written, or do we just sing them? Uh, while we're worshiping uh, at home online or we're just sitting down on our couches and just taking note of the music and not what we're singing? Do we take notes of the word that is spoken or do we just listen because, well, it's spiritual and then you leave your lounge chair afterward forgetting what was even said during the service? Well, he has a side note for you. Whatever message that you're listening to, uh, maybe via podcast or you're watching on TV or you watch online, I actually challenge you. I challenge you with this. I challenge you to walk away and one hour later, remember what the title of that message was. Remember the scripture that was read from that message and the instruction that you got out of that message. And then, man, you can carry on watching that or doing that. But if you don't, then perhaps this year is a great time for recalibration to actually take it in and be intentional about what you're listening to or what you're watching. Friends, we need to be intentional about our walk with Christ, right? So let's get back to that prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, he also told us what not to pray. So in verse 5, he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. 
Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows. Friends, it's when you have a secret closet communication with Him that you understand that it's rather better to be with Him than to want something from Him. Take notes of those words. Prayer is relational communication with God. It's that value that will increase your faith and will enlarge your capacity. In the Gospel of Luke, in fact, in uh, chapter chapter 11, Jesus' disciples, they actually ask him the question. They said, okay, well, we get this. We, we know how not to pray. But teacher, teach us how to pray. It's like they ask the questions. We, we, we see the powers that you have done. We see the miracles that you do. We see you praying for direction. But, but how? We, we want the same. Teach us how. And that prompts Jesus to, to teach them and, and to lead them in the Lord's Prayer. That it's in the understanding of this position of prayer that leads to the, the, the direction and the breakthrough and the miracles. And the best thing about this, it's the way Jesus taught them. See, when Jesus taught them how to pray, he didn't say that this was the way that he prayed. Please take note of that. He said that this is the way that you should pray. One giveaway, and that's the reason why he didn't say that this is how I pray. Because there's a line that says, well, forgive our trespasses. Now, how can someone who has no sin pray that prayer? So Jesus is very clear that this is how we should pray. And so he leads them in, in what we know as, as the Lord's Prayer. The instruction of this prayer is actually divided into, into two parts. And I'm going to share those two parts with you right now. In verse 9, he says, This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the first part of the Lord's Prayer is, is all about Him. It's about acknowledging Him. It's about acknowledging His sovereignty, His supremacy, His kingdom. The second part of that prayer, well, that's about us. And it gives us that part where we can bring our needs before Him. The, the, the forgiveness that we need daily. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, when Jesus teaches us this prayer, it's about putting him first and then us before that. And what I do love um, about this is what leads Jesus into this prayer. It's the statement that we find in verse 8. And it says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So I understand this from the outset, and this may answer some of your questions. A lot of those people that are asking, why should I pray? Um, because God already knows. Well, if God already knows our needs before we ask, then we need to know this. Your prayer is not about an informational session to inform God. 
hear that very clearly. He knows, he knows just what you need. And he knows if you know that you want to talk to him about it. So he has the key. Just because God knows something doesn't mean he won't act on it. He has knowledge of every single thing, but some things he won't act on until there is relational communication with him about it. So his knowledge does not equal his action. And he says, I know your need. I know your need. I just want to know if you want me rather than just me meeting that need. See, friends, prayer becomes an answer to to that question. And that's why it's so important for us to be intentional about our prayer lives this year. It's the cog that keeps the engine running. Remember that. And so when Jesus leads his disciples into teaching them how to pray, not what to pray, it's a guideline. But then some of you, perhaps some of you watching online uh, today might even say a couple of things like, okay, Dave, so I, I'm a wannabe uh, prayer warrior. Um, I don't know how. Um, I long to grow deeper in my prayer life, but I don't know how. Um, I have a secret struggle with boredom. Um, my mind wonders. Um, I know prayer carries power and changes lives, but when I sit down, I find it hard to focus. After three minutes, my mind travels back to what I've been watching on Netflix or on Showmax or YouTube or wonders what's on my uh, on my to-do list. Or, man, Dave, like, I, I pray before bed, but I fall asleep sometimes. <laughs> So here's some advice. Friends, we need to understand that actually we have an open invitation from the God of the universe. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. It's an invitation. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says, We also have a promise that he hears us. You will call on me and come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. Hey, even Jonah knew that he needed to call on God in Jonah 2 verses 2. He says, I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. Friends, Paul even writes it in the book of Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. where He says, devote yourselves in prayer, being watchful and thankful. And so here are three things to keep in mind when you pray. Remember, it's when you pray, not if you pray. Pray simply. We might think that, that we have to pray these passionate, persuasive words for God to hear us. But don't be like those Pharisees. But remember, in reality, he listens to even our shortest SOS prayers. Martin Luther said this. He said, the fewer the words, the better the prayer. Isn't that reassuring? We can talk to God in everyday language like we talk to our friends and our family. Hope you talk to them well, by the way. We don't have to pray long. God delights in the simple words of praise like, Lord, I love you. He treasures the prayer of a mother that says, Lord, heal my child. He answers the simplest request of, Lord, just give me strength for today. Prayer is relational communication with the Father. So friends, just make prayer an integral part of your day. 
every day as we walk onto that battlefield. We cannot do it without the strength of prayer. And so, yes, how I start my day. I start my day by reciting a couple of verses. Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform yourself to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Then I will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for my life. And then I follow it up with a verse found in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances so i give praise for him in everything that i do the other thing is not only pray simply but pray expectantly when your prayer life becomes relational with the father jesus invites us to expect god to work matthew 7 verse 7 says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and that door will be open to you Sometimes I wonder how many answers we missed because we don't really expect God to respond. <sighs> Friends, let's, let's remember that prayer makes us more like Jesus. That's what we want to do. We are created for spiritual maturity. That's the goal. Prayer shows us the very heart of God. We, we read throughout the Psalms how God delighted in David's every prayer. And prayer, friends, reveals the wisdom of God. James 1 verse 5 says that if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and will be given to you. So in kingdom value this year, let's place your trust in him in prayer. Prayer is the cog that keeps the machine running. It will add to your spiritual maturity and it will bring about increase and enlargement, making you more effective in his kingdom. So let's pray, friends, as we allow God to do this. God, we honor you. We praise your holy name. Thank you for this year. We place our trust in God and you, God. God, make us more intentional in our walk with you. Change our ifs to whens. And when those wins are part of our life structure, we know that our capacity will increase. And Father God will become more like you. Make us more like you in Jesus' name. Friends, if you are watching online this morning and you're not in a relationship with Jesus and you would love to enter into one with him, all it takes is a simple but very important request from Jesus by praying this simple prayer. If you really want to pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my life. I want to trust you and I want to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for changing the path of my destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please drop a comment in the comment section on whichever platform you're watching on, and we'd love to get in touch with you. That's it done. Blessings, my friends. Have an incredible day. We will catch up with you next week. Remember, prayer is intentional relationship with God the Father. Pray that that is uh, 
what you're going to be doing more and more this week. In Jesus' name, cheers.